did this ourselves. They're coming. It can't be. Where is everyone? Hello and welcome back to the Apocalypse Post. I am Makeshift, your host, but I'm not going to be going by that name all show. I'll tell you why in a minute. But a couple weeks back, I asked on the Apocalypse Post Facebook page what kind of content y'all are loving on the Apocalypse Post, especially as we come into post-apocalypse season, which is the summer leading up to Wasteland Weekend and other summer-fall events like Apox East and Detonation. Yes, there are so many out there, so you guys can get involved no matter where you are. But here at the Apocalypse Post, we create this podcast, Legends of Wasteland City, a YouTube channel with a smattering of everything like documentaries, video essays, and starting last year, some original music by yours truly. I was expecting to have something, any of these stand out so that I could concentrate on them moving forward, but instead I got a smattering of everything. It seems like you Wastelanders and post-apocalypse fans can't get enough to satisfy your last survivor appetites. So I'll keep doing what I do, which is whatever I feel like on any given day. So we are Wasteland number four or part four, just launched last week. And I've got some original songs coming up in the weeks to follow. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to it, the YouTube channel and the Facebook page. That's where everything gets launched. All those links are in the show notes or at linktree slash the apocalypse post. One of the requests I got though on that post was some Wastelander stories, but not from Wasteland, from Neotropolis, which is Wasteland's other event. It's a cyberpunk dash sci-fi event. And so that's what we're going to do today. And my guests are going to bring stories of cyber squid cocktails, a glitchy android that almost brought down the city, and the most polite mugging that ever was. And to help tell these stories are Team Rocket, Escher, and Bastion. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, Planetside. Howdy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely, and thanks for being here. So first off, uh, I'll be going by Zerko for the rest of the show because that's my Neo name. A lot of people go by different names at each event, and um, my tribe, which at Wasteland is the Dukes of Nuke, go by Infrared Scare at Neotropolis. And a lot of them were doing mineral names along with the colors to kind of like different colors and minerals. So I ended up choosing Zirconium, shortened it to Zirko, and Zirconium usually comes in orange. So I wore a very bright yellow and orange outfit. And everyone kind of had a little bit more, a little bit of fun with different characters and different looks. And one of those is Team Rocket, who you might know from the build crew, the NFTs faction, and that's spelled N-F-T-E-A-S-E. So NFTs, like you're teasing someone. And various performances around Neotropolis, including a stellar burlesque performance that I get to watch personally. Team Rocket, tell me more about the NFTs. The NFTs is Neo's version of the nuclear bombshells. Um, We wanted to maintain a presence uh, at Neotropolis, uh, but we did want to have a little bit of like a new like twist on it. So um, NFTs is what we came up with. And as soon as that name was suggested, I uh, was like, no, it can't be anything else. It has to be that. It was perfectly (laughs) clever. And it is your... I almost said high class, but we are we are your burlesque <laughs> group. Knowing knowing some of the shows that I have enjoyed putting on, it is it is uh, brought down from from me because uh, my envisionment for Neo was to bring "Welcome to the Internet" by Bo Burnham to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, that's amazing and yeah. a really good reference there. Um, but uh, we perform all over Neo. We performed main stage this year at the Core. And uh, we plan on bringing more stuff this uh, coming year of 2024. 
for the next I, I love it. And you were bombshell of the month this week. Is that right? Just bombshell of the week this week. <laughs> oh, bombshell of the week this week. That makes more, way more sense. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, I was really excited about that. I was not expecting it. Um, the message that was typed up for me, just it brought me to tears, everyone. I was crying. <laughs> and I, I really, <laughs> I, I'm really excited by things like that. It's, it's amazing. And it's so fun when tribes not only celebrate their members, but also just kind of create this this way of staying in touch throughout the year, just with stuff like that, like just, you know, promoting each other and, and hyping each other up. I think it's super cool. So next up, we have Escher of Atalanta Enterprises. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what your faction gets into? Sure. Uh, Atlanta Enterprises is an information broker and a bar. We're located outside of Outpost 66. And we, as, that, uh, as the name implies, we, we provide information. We're a storehouse for dead drops. And we also can provide other services uh, on, uh, on request. Uh, if you are getting ready to go run a mission and you need some muscle, we may not have the personnel because it's only myself, my partner, Nikasia, and uh, our contractor, Lance, who's a mech pilot. But we know where to find the muscle if you need it. And we can call and we have we have arrangements that we can call people in on a moment's notice. Uh, so it's, a, again, a, a place to hang out, collect information, uh, deliver information, learn a little bit, have some high quality cocktails. That's fantastic. And here's one of the things. We cannot do an episode on Neotropolis without making some Wasteland comparisons. Your camp at Wasteland is pretty damn big and involved, whereas your um, your storefront at Neotropolis is more or less like a kiosk. Can you? Um, what do you think about like scaling down for Neotropolis and how did that affect your event? Well, um, when Dacation and I started doing... Uh... Wasteland, where we're Doc Schofield and Digits, we went to our first Wasteland, and I think I may have said this actually in a in in, a, in another Wasteland session. And we went to our Wasteland. And on the way down, we said, "We're going to check out Wasteland. We are not going to form a tribe." <laughs> and on our way and on our way back, we both started looking at each other and said, "All right, here's what our tribe is going to be." <laughs> and so we we formed Schofield Strippers, and Schofield Strippers is a pretty good sized tribe. We're going to have. I think we're going to have something like 22 people in our camp. Uh, oh my gosh, this, no this way. September. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's gigantic. Whoa. Uh, so we we decided, okay, well, let's try this again. So for Neotropolis, <laughs> we said, all right, we're going to go to Neotropolis and we are not going to form a large faction. We, we have to form a <laughs> faction in order to have space. So it's a, it's a right. faction of two. We said, all right, it's two. We're not going to let anybody else in. And then Lance came along and we said, he's really cool. We really like him. Okay. We have three, but no more than three. Uh, <laughs> so we really do want to keep it small because as much as we love running a large group, a large tribe at, uh, at Wasteland, it's very nice not having to be responsible for other people. It's nice having a much more manageable setup. So uh, we really like having a small uh, storefront, like, like you said. And our intention really is not to uh, have it grow any more than that. Yeah, I, I absolutely loved the density of Neotropolis and yeah. um, it makes it easier to build, but it also makes it really fun to walk around because you don't it doesn't take as many steps. And yeah. uh, as we know, in the desert uh, from from Wasteland and now Neotropolis, every step you have to walk can really tear you down uh, right. when you're doing it over the course of 
you know, a week or so. And every day you're walking from camp into the city and that kind of thing. This was actually my first time camping outside the city. Mm-hmm. And that initial walk to get in there, you're, you're like, all right, do I have everything I could possibly need? Because yeah, I don't want to do this trip more than I have to. Yeah. And the whole intent of the organizers at Neotropolis was to really to create that really dense uh, inner city kind of Japanese style sci-fi cyberpunk vision of stacks, you know, stacks upon stacks of lights and buildings and that very compact Warren feel. They really set it up that way. That really was their intent. And yeah. I, I think they did a pretty good job with what, Oh my gosh. With, I was with what they had. Just- absolutely blown away. Yeah. All yeah. right. So Bastion, you hail from the sentient liberation front, which sounds a little bit like a rebel group. What's your <laughs> mission over there? Well, of course we're a rebel group, uh, except I couldn't tell you about the SOF because that's a band organization. So of course, but you know, if I was to tell you about the SOF, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that they're out here uh, working to liberate uh, sentient AIs. Uh, we're working to help bioroids and replicants that are being forced to work. We're out there working for alien species that you know the humans are not treating right. And, and of course, we're toaster liberationists. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's so much happening here. I love it. First off, uh, who is the major foe of the sentient liberation front? Uh, that's a good question. It's everyone corporate. Would be the short answer, because I know like like the Sentinels were going around asking people to basically, are you an android or or do you have illegal AI? Is that kind of uh, are those your bad guys? Well, you know, we don't like the Sentinels, and uh, we also don't like Endline, and we also don't like Helix, and so. <laughs> we basically are working. So the Sentient Liberation Front is set up as a cell system. So the mm-hmm. core cell, which is run by myself and my partner Sugarath. Um, we're basically out of Outpost 66. Um, if you go to ask for us there, you won't see us directly. And I'll get into <laughs> that in my story a little. Oh, fun. But but we are hidden a little bit below the surface. But in lore, so in other words, in the story of Neotropolis, it's assumed that there's a lot of other cells out there that may be acting against their own particular little pogroms or particular uh, uh, causes. Mm-hmm. Um as such, yeah, we, we don't like the Sentinels. We don't like any corpos because a lot of them are, you know, forcing AIs to process data that they really aren't interested in. Gotcha. And uh, that's another really cool thing I really appreciated about Neotropolis was because it's so small, you really have this, uh, I forget which fallout it was where you kind of had to pick uh, which- New Vegas. Which yeah, it was New Vegas. And I, almost, I think Fallout 4 as well, where you really like- you know, if you got too close with one group, you would fall out with another. And so you really had to like, your character had to pick sides. And I feel like Neotropolis, if you started getting into a lot of the games, you kind of found yourself dealing with that same situation. Yeah. Allegiances was the name of the uh, game set this year. And there were kind of three different factions. There was Endline, uh, Double Helix, and then there wasn't a third faction. But if there was, it'd be called something like Resistance. Uh-huh. So we definitely, you know, we wouldn't know anything about the resistance. So <laughs> we all have no clue about the resistance. Ooh, I love it. I love it. But it is very hard to stay neutral in that in 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 the confines of Neotropolis. As as you said, it's just too small to stay above the fray. Which which is something that I really like about so the elements of sci-fi and cyberpunk. It's definitely this like total complex cluster of cultures and that has been coming out in the way people 
uh, do their little micro LARPs and the way people set up missions and stuff. Um, you know, you end up with people that are supposedly like working for the same cause that end up working against each other, um, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's so fun. And um, it sounds like Team Rocket, it sounds like you might be leaning toward the resistance as well. I I don't claim anything <laughs> in a public space that, that others can hear. I love it. And um, Escher, when it comes to Atalanta Enterprises, where do you guys fall in the allegiance trifecta? Well, I said that it is very difficult to remain neutral, but that is our mission. We are information brokers, so for the right price, we will uh, collect and provide information <laughs> on anything and anybody that uh, uh, that pays us. So we we do have a, a, a bit of a, an executive VIP lounge within Atlanta Enterprises, and that is neutral territory. That is a place where leaders or members from these different organizations can meet and discuss in relative privacy. They're visible, but it's very hard to monitor what is being said there. And uh, they are safe from attack from, from, from all sides. We, we guarantee their safety. So we really, we really do try to walk that line and be as neutral as we can. That's not to say we don't have interests, but from a corporate policy, we try to be as neutral uh, as, as we can. And now that we're absolutely sure that we don't have any enemies on the panel today, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's get into some stories, huh? Is everyone Sounds ready? Good. Sounds good. All right, awesome. Well, we are going to get into the stories, but first, we're going to stick with that same Wastelander stories tradition of improvising some commercials. And Aaliyah is going to go first, and she's going to improvise a space ad for the NFTs right now. Ready, set, go. Do you enjoy the finer things that space has to offer? Well, look no further. Just come down to the core, come over to Maintenance Bay, and enjoy watching the NFTs come to the stage. They are your burlesque dancers of the future. We have a whole variety of everything you would want to see. Come and watch us any time of the night. I absolutely love it. That was amazing. Thank you. That was pretty good. Very well done. (laughs) Very well done. Was that ChatGPT doing that ad for us? I wish. (laughs) Far too Um, accurate. Um, <laughs> right. It was, it was just too perfect is what it was <laughs> to be human. <laughs> All right. So Escher. Yes. At, at Neotropolis, you served a very off world cocktail at Atalanta Enterprises Bar. So will you serve up the tale of how that all transpired? It's a long tale, actually. I'll try to cut it short <laughs> as much as I can. So in my other, uh, life as a wastelander, I'm a an avowed admirer of uh, Captain Stranded of the Ghoulcrest Hunting Lodge, Hunting Club. Oh yeah, and Ghoulcrest and Captain C- Captain Stranded is known for his Bloody Marys. Now Captain Stranded used to run a cocktails with the Captain webcast, and uh, about once every other week, he'd turn on his his, his camera and would basically give cocktail making lessons and he'd sample a bunch of cocktails and make a bunch of cocktails. I was a very uh, avid watcher of that show and I praised him a lot. And 
I eventually managed to weasel out of him his most precious commodity, which is oh. the recipe for his Bloody Marys. Captain Stranded's Ghoulcrest Bloody Marys are known throughout Wasteland, and they are by far the best Bloody Marys pretty much anybody has ever had. They and are I got so them, delicious. And I managed I, to get, I don't like Bloody Marys, but I like these ones. Yeah, he they're, they're, they are they are Wasteland famous legitimately. And I managed to weasel the recipe out of them. I am missing out. Actually, I wasn't weaseling so much as I said, I really admire you. I like your Bloody Marys. How do you make them? And he said, sure, here, this is how you make them. He was actually very <laughs> Uh So uh, I started making them. And before Neotropolis, we had a run through at Adam Chilson's property. That's where they used to stage all the pr- all the props and all the scaffolding and do all the building for Wasteland and for Neotropolis. So they, they had a run through. We set up mock we uh, mock-ups of the different factions. And we set up a, mock- a mock-up of Atalanta so we could see how things work there. And we were running the bar. And I was making the Bloody Marys because, again, they're fantastic. And uh, mine aren't as good as the captain's, but I think they're pretty good. And, <laughs> and, we're, and we're serving them. And partway through this walkthrough, Adam comes up to me and says, I have something for you. And he hands me a brick of something in ice and says, can you cook these? And we're going to put these in the Bloody Marys. And they're, yeah. a, bunch of, and they're a bunch of baby squids, uh, baby octopi. So, okay, I've never done this before, but I have a burner and I have some water. I'll boil the octopus up and we'll serve this. And <laughs> he started giving them to people under the name of tentacles, as in tentacles, except with a Greek twist on it, tentacles. Love and he started it. just talking about, you know, this whole mythical thing about the tentacles and served these up at this walkthrough. Everybody loved them. They thought it was great. I thought it was very funny. Wasteland first year, 2022 get set up the bar and I'm running my business and everything. And about six o'clock on Friday, on Saturday night, it was was Saturday night. He comes up to me with a big smile on his face. (laughs) As he does. As he does. All right. He, he, he was going by the name of photon. He's got this helmet that has a light cord around it. So it's glowing bright white. And he has me this, (laughs) this break of ice. It's like, great. What do you want me to do with this? I want you to stir this up for the build crew. We'll be here in an hour and a half. (laughs) So I'm frantically trying to boil octopus and prepare (laughs) and and get ready to prepare 40 Bloody Marys with tentacles in in a mad rush. So they, they come through and everybody gets it. And he launches into this incredibly complicated story about the tentacles and how it's a creature from another planet that came and bestowed its blessing on uh, Neotropolis. Whole lore. So goes to and does this, crank out tons of the tons of these drinks. And while I'm preparing them, everybody in Neotropolis is coming over to the Atalanta bar saying, what are you doing? I explain what I'm doing. We want some of this. Well, you can't have any because this is for Adam and the build crew. They get very upset. <laughs> All right. So the next year, I this expect is this is going to happen again. So that's this year. This is 2023. I expect okay, this yeah. is going to happen again. I'm getting ready for it. Mm-hmm. There is a very large Russian that comes to Wasteland. And like any, um, to Neo. And like any good Russian, his name is Dimitri. And he's about <laughs> seven foot two and probably weighs about 350 pounds. He's giant. He comes walking up to the Atalanta bar, and he has two silver briefcases. And I'm thinking, all right, there's either a bunch of gold, a bunch of Galaxium, or weapons. And Galaxium is the drug of choice at Neotropolis? Galaxium is the drug of choice. It's highly illegal. It can, used in the right hands, it can cure just about any 
illness or disease because it's basically a nanobot distribution medium. But as in so many things, people have corrupted it and turned it into a very addictive substance that will give you all kinds of different responses. Some will make you crazy. Some give you incredible amounts of elation. Some will give you incredible power uh, and energy, almost like uh, jet in the wasteland world. So it, it's a very, right. has a lot of different things it can do, but it is a very illegal, very powerful drug. And to, to piggyback onto that, you, f- you find a lot of people at Neotropolis will have their own form of Galaxium to trade, maybe like cool looking little crystals or little vials or flash drives with nanobot software on it. It's, it's a fun thing to do to bring in trade with people. And most of it is corrupt and will kill you. And just to uh, clarify, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not real. It's mostly like candy. Or... It's mostly candy or, or, or <laughs> uh, glitter, props. Uh, glitter powder. Yeah. It, it really is a good mechanism for having trade and having interactions with people. I love it. So yeah. Dimitri shows up with these two briefcases and he opens them and they are packed full of Worcestershire sauce, tomato juice, Russian caviar, and smoked oysters. Oh, heck like, yeah. If I can't have the octopus, you're going to put high quality seafood in my Bloody Marys. <laughs> and so he cans and cans of this stuff. And so this year, in addition to the tentacles, which we again, once again, prepared for Photon and his build crew uh, Saturday night, we were also serving the uh, Atlanta Bloody Marys with Russian caviar and smoked oysters. And that we were serving oh to everybody God. who came up to the bar who was, who, who, was, who was entitled to drink. One of the things about the bars at Wasteland and at Neotropolis is they are not public bars. You have to be, you're, you're allowed to serve to your friends. So we make sure that we meet everybody and establish friendly relations so that we are serving to our friends. If you serve to the general public, you're a public bar and there are a bunch of or very specific requirements that you have to adjust to. So even though we're out in front of Outpost 66, it's what's considered a private bar, just like the Gentleman Loser, which is another bar across the way. All, all the bars at Neotropolis, except for the Atomic Cafe, are actually private bars that best, best serve to their friends. If you want to drink at one of these events, you just have to be really friendly. You have to be friendly. You have to introduce yourself and establish a relationship beforehand. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So he came by again. We did the whole. We did the whole thing. Prepared about forty Bloody Marys with tentacles in them, <laughs> and Adam gave his spiel once again about how the tentacles came down from outer space, landed, bestowed good fortune upon the the citizens of Neotropolis, and what a special what a special moment that was. And yeah, it was it was enjoyed by a lot of people. We went through. We went through a lot very, very quickly. To be honest, with Adam retiring, I don't know if that's going to come back because he was the one who provided it. He was the one who it was done for him. So I I, I think that it, there's a good chance that the Tentacles itself has retired with Adam, but we'll, uh, we'll have other notable... Uh, for sure, the Fringers will find more weird stuff to put yeah. in drinks. Yeah, something um, weird's going to happen next year, regardless. Something weird will, will, I'm sure, will certainly happen. And Dimitri will be back with more caviar. I'm sure of that. <laughs> it might not be purple squid, but there will be something weird brought to you. I'm sure. Uh, this yes. this might be a challenge I'm sending out to all Neotropolites is to <laughs> is to bring the Atlanta Enterprise some just weird seafood. <laughs> Well, just be careful again, because we have we have actually very there again, we have to abide by the rules and we're not allowed to serve food to the public or drinks to the public. So if you bring it, actually, I think I'm going to say, please don't do that. When the organizer gives me raw fish, I'm confident that I can go ahead and process it. If somebody else came up to that, 
Um, I don't know that I would do that. Dimitri was giving me sealed containers, so I felt okay okay with that. But we do have to be careful of the, the health and safety laws. The last thing we want to do is get excited and do something that's going to get the event shut down. So, uh, yeah, um, probably not, actually. That's a, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to be a downer on that, but like I say, I, yeah. I, I don't want to be the one responsible for closing down Neotropolis. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I absolutely love when people Greekify words. There was another mm-hmm. Wastelander uh, from years ago. I don't think they come anymore, but they had an unfixed male cat they called Testicles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I always appreciated that because it was like, yeah, I, I have the full picture of your cat right now. Thank there you. There you are. <laughs> there you are. I remember when um, I saw this in stages, which was really cool for me because <laughs> I just happened to walk by when Adam was bringing this purple brick and I kind of gave him a look and he gave me that same like Adam grin back. And yeah. he was like, there's nothing happening. You didn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the next time I came by, and this is another testament to um, Neotropolis is you happen by things all the time because it's so small. You guys were like boiling or saute you yes, were boiling, boiling. Right? yeah yeah we're, you were, were boiling and i was like boiling. oh this is fun i wonder what's going to happen and then the <laughs> yeah. next time i came by you started handing them out uh to your friends which is yeah. amazing yeah. i got to see the progression kind of perfectly uh and i i absolutely loved it well it was it was it was funny and i uh i definitely rolled high on my bluff score for those of you who play rpgs um <laughs> because the well by by this year i had it pretty much figured out but the first time i had no idea what i was doing i never cooked octopus before i had no idea how long to cook it you know to make to make sure people weren't going to die from this stuff i just boiled uh-huh. it and was like all right well they're really really hot uh i tasted a tentacle and um it seemed like it was done so Okay, I guess this will work, but I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I mean, I had one at the open house and you didn't kill me and it was pretty good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I could see next year you have like this bonfire, a bunch of seaweed, some hot stones, <laughs> some bay seasoning. Like you're just going nuts. Like what, how, how much have I learned in this off season? <laughs> you know, pe- people well, will we'll do see. weird things with their friends out there. Um, yep. We had a friend of ours stop by the outpost in the morning and this was Saturday morning. So everybody was like toast because we we did a lot of things saturday morning we did a circus one of the nights we did a circus Mm, that's right the circus was thursday thursday okay so this was friday morning everybody was just toast because we put a lot of energy into that and one of our friends came by and he's like hey today i'm the bacon fairy Mm. and he brought out a (laughs) blowtorch like a creme torch and bacon that he makes himself at home and he fried bacon with the torch and gave it to us and then kindly left so we could go back to sleeping. <laughs> that is so fun. It's it it always amazes me the things that people will just do to hand out and yeah. and uh, just make things a little bit more interesting all the time. Should we do a commercial break? Sure. Commercial break. Oh. All right, let's do a quick commercial break. This one's coming from the Sentient Liberation Front, and it's going to be improvised by Bastion right now. Yeah, yeah. Do you know an AI forced to process data in which it has no interest? Do you know bioroids who are blocked from all livelihoods except frontline combat and asteroid mining? Do you know an alien species that faces hardship simply because it requires a human host for its ovipositor? Then you know someone the Sentient Liberation Front is fighting for. Join the SLF and become a freedom fighter for all sentient beings, be they biological, construct, or toaster. The SLF. Life finds a way. Yeah, 
It was really hard not to laugh during that. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. It was wonderful. Also really great. Oh my god. All right, so I think when when I did um the overview of Neotropolis a, f- a couple months ago, we did talk about the toasters, but we didn't talk about the toasters as sentient beings. <laughs> So yes, obviously, not all toasters are sentient, but many are. To step out of character for just a moment, yeah, Toasters is a Neotropolis game. Uh, If you want to bring a toaster, it is considered in play. Don't bring your home toaster because (laughs) you might not get it back or something bad might happen to it. I can say as well, all toasters are spay and neutered uh, at the event. (laughs) So be careful if you, again, bring your home toaster because it's going to get clipped. Yeah, they will, because the toasters plugged into the power grid can cause outages because it's a big power draw. They will clip the cords on them just to make sure they know it's a game toaster rather than a real one. So don't bring your home toaster or something terrible can happen. (laughs) If you have a module, a lot of people have a themed toaster for their module. People will steal each other's toasters. There's probably going to be more rules around this next year, but there is a place called the Toaster Surrender Station. Um, in Megablock One, which is a bathtub. You go and put your toaster in the bathtub. It's a little dark. Um, But basically, toasters are there to be stolen by people, to be uh, MacGuffins in quests. And the Sentient Liberation Front, of course, knows that some toasters are in fact sentient. So we are toaster liberationists, and we will pay a bounty for toasters. I also want to shout out the Android Love Chapel this year, which had Toaster <laughs> Supreme. They had a giant toaster with like a, an LED eye on it, and they did these uh, uh, robotic marriages. We got Sugar Wrath and I got space married out there. Uh, oh, I love it. <laughs> they do what they call space marrying. The officiant will step out and do kind of like a Hall of President style animatronic ceremony. It's <laughs> hilarious. It was so much fun. And their toasters are beautiful. And just for reference, you have to go way back a little bit. The reason that we have toasters, uh, I think Adam started this. He was the first one that I heard it from. <laughs> and the origin of it is the 1970s Battlestar Galactica TV series, which was yep. a disparaging name for the Cylons. And the Cylons in that series had very clunky stormtrooper type silver helmets with a red uh, light that scanned back and forth across the visors. And so that's where the toaster idea originally came from is that was the derogatory term for the Cylons in the original Battlestar Galactica. That's hilarious. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. 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 They brought that forward to the, to the remake series. Yes. And uh, of course, you know, you get the flying toasters from old school windows yep. and stuff from, yep. all from that. I think that's hilarious. All right. So our next story is going to come from the Deke. Um, let me try that again. <laughs> I'm just so excited. Toasters have me all hot and bothered over here. Our next story comes from the deep, dark labyrinth of Mega Block One, where thieves abound and no one is safe from space bandits. Aaliyah, you're up. All right. I was going to say, like, it, it was kind of adorable that we went from this very wholesome story about how this lovely drink got created to now talking about Murder Alley of all places. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and how... Uh, I ended up uh, mugging somebody in Murder Alley, and also we decided this year to start stealing shoes to throw into the rafters. (laughs) (laughs) That was you guys? Yes, that was us. I mean, what do you expect out of Murder Alley? (laughs) (laughs) I did try to class up the place uh, one time this year. I decided to have a book club Saturday afternoon. 
AKA it was me sitting in a chair reading uh, from uh, Edge Runner uh, as loudly as humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs> At Neo, there is one of the factions. They are Alley Cat Acquisitions. I probably butchered that word right now, but they run a bounty hunting game there. Kind of how Rust Devils at Wasteland does it, but this is not, it's not the Rust Devils like incarnate. It is, it is their own thing. And they have made an amazing game. This year, they really upped the ante how they did it. They actually had little packages that you kind of wore on your belt. And it was a system that you plugged into the other person, your other, your opponent. And it was a game of quick draw that you actually played to do the bounty this year. And it was amazing. But last year, again, they did not have this yet, which meant it was kind of old school. It was go find your target. And I did end up finding my target. And it was this lovely, lovely creature wandering by herself in Murder <laughs> Alley with what I wanted. <laughs> and um, I didn't feel like just running up and grabbing this. The, it was a power core that, that she had. And um, oh, Tell me about the power cords. What's, what's the game oh. there? It's Pilot's Perch who runs the Power Cores. I actually have not played the Power Core mission on its own, but these Power Cores, you can find them all around Wasteland in different charging stations. And I know as, as far as much as you're supposed to take these and take them to various places and charge your core without it getting taken. Oh, cool. Which again, runs me into this poor creature in Murder Alley. So me and uh, my partner at the time, we decide to walk up to her because uh, <laughs> again... My eye was on getting that core. We just tell her, we're like, hey, we're going to take this from you. Is that okay? <laughs> and she kind of just like looks at us and we're just, she's just like, what? And um, I go, I'm going to take this power core from you now. Tough luck. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I ask her, I get consent and uh, I grab, I grab the core and she realizes what's happening. And uh, it becomes like a game of tug of war at that point. She's trying to be like, I'm trying to get this thing charged. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm trying to take it from you. <laughs> <laughs> so we start struggling. And that's when not the muscle of Mega Block, but kind of your your overlording presence of Mega Block strolls up the Sentinels. And uh, they also don't want power cores inside of Mega Block. So now they see us fighting and both her and I and everybody take off running. And the first place we end up happens to be Desunos and Canada EXEs den and that is basically your hacker's den of murder alley and we run in there and the sentinels just come and block the doors and everyone's yelling and the, the girl is trying to get the power core on the charger there but desuno he's very much the hacker who wants to get stuff for his stuff so um <laughs> so he is like trying to get like information out of this girl as she's trying to put the thing on and I'm just like I just want this core that's all I want and now there's there's a whole kerfuffle um so <laughs> I remember that that year this was year one of Neo that um somehow bananas got outlawed in the mega block wait like and, actual bananas like yes actual bananas like the fruit <laughs> yes they were not some, allowed if you told me it was a person I'd be like yeah that's probably a person that would be hilarious I don't <laughs> I don't know. I know a lot of food named people, but I don't think I actually know anyone named bananas. <laughs> same, same. All right. So but, um, the fruit bananas is out. <laughs> yes. The fruit banana has been outlawed and I see my opportunity and I just begin to very loudly scream that I see someone walking by with a banana and all of the sentinels <laughs> turn around because 
it's they're very much again they're they're your in lore like like cops in a sense but but not you know and yeah. um, they all turn around to go see who has this banana and i grab the power core and in the den uh they have actually like a back door and i grab it and i run and I began running around Mega Block. I began getting chased by the girl. I began getting chased by the Sentinels. And I run <laughs> all the way back to Alley Cats. And I flop down on the floor. And I'm like, I have it. I have the power core. And they're like, oh, we don't actually uh, want want that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was very fun. So what happened? Did you give it back to her or did you turn it and take it back to Pirates? <laughs> no, I, what feel, I feel a little bit bad. And this is where, um, you know, there's rules made by everybody. But her and I ended up actually kind of wrestling a bit for the power core in front of Alley Cats when she finally got there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, we ended up breaking off one of the little parts of it. And we're like, no. Oh, no. And, oh, no. And the guy who runs Pilot Perch comes over Sorbo. and he goes, yeah. He, yeah, he looks a little bit sad, but he just goes boop and kind of puts it back together. And, and yeah, now <laughs> now there's like, hey, don't don't be rough with the cores, please. And thank you. <laughs> well, they can explode if nothing else. Yeah. They are unstable. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't want to be like Mega Block Two, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's something that comes up in some of these games. Is yeah, once a game happens, sometimes another faction will be like, hey, go disrupt that game, or yeah. or these people are transferring this thing. Can you? cause interference or try to steal it. And that's part of that, you know, that becomes part of game one as well. Yes. I appreciate that you were polite about it and let her know what was yes. happening. <laughs> yes, because like she I I I know of a ton of people at these events, but she was surprisingly someone I did not know. So yeah. I didn't want to just run up to her and be like, hey, I'm taking your crap. Bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> unlike what we were doing this year, like I said, this year in Murder Alley, our big thing was to steal shoes. <laughs> And throw them in the rafters. And how did that start? That was suggested by one of uh one of the fringers' own. His name is Hal, and he is like our I call him the sweet peanut of like of build crew. Like this man can do no wrong, and he was the first person to be like, "It needs shoes." <laughs> what? Oh, like yeah. like the alley needs shoes? Yes, the alley needs shoes. Kind of like when you're like you're driving Shoes through the hood and there's just there's shoes up in the power line. Exactly. 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 And we're like everyone, <laughs> everyone immediately like was like, "Yep, yep, we we got to do this. We're still in shoes now." <laughs> Wait a second. All right, hold on. It's murder alley. Are you murdering people by stealing their shoes? Is that kind of the symbolism? I wish, but uh, it ended up being so much funnier this year. Kind of the very first pair <laughs> that got taken. So again, I happened to be in Desuno in Canada's den. And we've all just kind of decided to try and relax for a minute. It was night one and I'm up in a hammock. They're all just crashed out on his bed and we're all just, it's, it's chaos crew. And we're just like, okay, cool. Everyone's got a minute. Let's chill. And we're, we're also and, trying to plan our next shenanigans. And chaos crew is one of the uh, build crew groups, right? Yes. Yeah. And actually chaos crew is more of a core, like four, four or five people, but um, truly the larger group is chaos continuum. But um, <laughs> I love it. There's like a substrata yeah. in this. There is. And Order well, chaos. again, we're all, we're all <laughs> relaxing. And that's when I, I don't know how they pulled this off, but somehow the den just gets surrounded. There's like 15 people out of nowhere. The back door is closed. The front is completely closed. And leading the charge is Mozilla, who is named Anne in the real world. And Anne is now yelling, and I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) 
all of a sudden, I just, like, underneath the hammock, I'm getting, like, tossed around. They are trying to rip Dis's shoes off. And they're like, we're taking these. And he's like, no, you ain't. Again, he's not giving anything of his up ever for free. I'm just like, why? Why are we trying to take his shoes of all things? We know this is going to end bad. And that's when Mozilla just screams, he shot me in the tit. I'm taking his shoes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair exchange. And Adam's there. And it's just, it was this hilarious, like, just what is happening? And that was uh, the first pair of shoes that went up in a murder alley. Oh, I love um, it. We also ended up with uh, Mr. Mears's shoes. The, the mayor who, of Neotropolis. Yes, I, I heard heard about that. Mayor Mears. Mears. Mr. Yeah, Mayor Mears. I got reprogrammed to believe he was mayor twice <laughs> <laughs> this year. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. We also ended up with his shoes. And funny enough, I heard he was actually very willing to give up his shoes. He apparently walked down murder alley with his shoes untied. <laughs> and was like, oh no, what could possibly happen to me? That's fantastic. Mr. Mia is, is a hilarious yeah. character. That, you know, there's there are some people who show up to these events and they want to become the equivalent of like the president or the CEO of something. And there's other people that go in and they want to be the Patsy. And I think that's a, such a strong choice for a character like he kind of it was a lot of self-deprecating humor that he created um and he gave people the opportunity to like get one over on him multiple times and i i absolutely love that he's he's um, brilliant to he was day, screaming in a yeah. jersey accent the entire yeah. time and i do not know how he had the energy to do so it was amazing he was never out of character i i love him so much from year one i still quote to this day but I can't quite do the Jersey accent, but it's beep boop. I'm a robot. <laughs> beep boop. I'm a robot. robot. I'm Mr. Mears. I'm Mr. Mears. <laughs> I love but, uh, that story. Yeah. But makeshift. I don't know if you happen to remember one of the nights that I was also trying to take your shoes. But I didn't know you were trying to take my shoes. I know. At the time. That um, was really funny. You you were on another planet. We'll just leave it at that. But I was, I was <laughs> trying to take your shoes. And my favorite thing about that exchange was a, I was, again, I was in, in the den and I'm yelling at you. You're up in one of the, uh, the private lounges. I believe you were in the cat's paw upper, upper lounge. That's right. And yeah. I, I see you and I start yelling. I want your shoes. And you just, <laughs> you have this look on your face and then you just look back at me and you just responded. I don't know how. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? You don't know how give me your shoes. <laughs> And I then, heard this from yeah. below. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Really? Oh my God. Yes, yeah. I heard I this exchange. Talking. Well, and you then, didn't ask for my shoes. You told me to take my pants off. No, I asked for your <laughs> pants. When you responded back that you didn't know how to take off your shoes, I responded, well, then give me your pants. <laughs> and then you looked even more confused. I couldn't. I was not in the headspace to do any of this. <laughs> it was That was one of my favorite moments from Neo this year was you just going, I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite spots that, that, uh, that upper level of the cat spot had one of the best views in Neotropolis. You could look down on Murder yes. Alley. It looked down on the den um, where I could see Chaos Crew at all uh, just hanging out, trying to steal people's shoes. And um, it was it was just a ton of fun. And here's the thing. like Sometimes when people are like, hey, makeshift, take off your clothes. I'm like, okay. But <laughs> in this case, I was like, I, I, don't, I don't think I can. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was already having a hard time with those stairs. 
I had been given many wonderful uh, treats at the various bars around town, and <laughs> things were looking a little a little hairy. <laughs> It'll be interesting if they do that again next year. One of the things that a lot of the factions did this year, especially the corporations, is they created VIP areas on the second floor of Mega Block One. And uh-huh. if you completed enough of their missions, you would get a chit that would allow you into that VIP area. And so just like you know, the Casper had that nice observation area, several yeah. other of the corporations had really nice observation areas up on the second level. And if you completed enough and the right missions, you could get passes up there. And then from up there, you could see absolutely everything, which was a great place to just see everything and was also a very excellent vantage point for many of the uh, security and anti-security activities that occurred uh, <laughs> in, the, in, in, in the Mega Block. So I, I yeah, hope that they yeah, continue it, to do that next year because that, 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 that was a neat little twist. If you haven't been to, to Neotropolis, you know, there's this whole building essentially made out of scaffolding. There's yeah. so many neon signs and such that you really can't see up to the second floors. But I managed to get up into one of those this mm-hmm. year. And you could suddenly see all these areas where you're like, oh, I didn't know there was a secret bar over yeah. there. Hey, there's a yeah. secret spot there. Yeah. It, it was very cool to be able to say like, okay, well, now I need to go back next year to that place and see if I can get into their secret lounge. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Adam gave me a tour during teardown, just kind of showing some of the design elements of Mega Block One. Mm-hmm. And one of them was just this ladder that you could climb to access some space that was totally free if you were exploratory to get to. Mm. But I, I was like, oh, that must be off limits because it's up a ladder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also during that tour, when we happened through Murder Alley, and this is when all the factions are gone and it's down to like, you know, just the, the skins and metal bars holding the thing together. Uh, there was a pile of shoes behind, <laughs> a very large pile of shoes. <laughs> and I was like, Murder Alley did their job. Well. <laughs> how many people walked out of Mega Block One in their bare feet is my question. <laughs> Because <laughs> the desert floor is pretty hot. I mean, it was probably at night because that's when Murder Alley gets the ex- gets the most murdery. Hopefully, they had spare pairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I pop in a moment talk about consent and LARPing? <laughs> Absolutely, very please quick. do. Yes, good point. So, so, from this story, if you don't know what we're talking about, it might sound like this is just total madness. And the answer is, it is total madness, but it's consensual madness. So, if somebody was trying to steal your shoes and you said, "Hey, I'm not playing." Like yes, people will stop. stop. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's true of wasteland as well. People will come up and shtick and, and then, you know, people, if you say, Hey, I'm not playing right now or Hey, I don't like that. Hey, I need my shoes. Like people will stop. And that's an important thing to note. You know, consent is not just about sex. It's consent in everything. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good note for for people that find themselves in a game they don't want to play in and also people running a game that find people that don't want to play yeah. is is you, you know, you got to feel things out and if people say they're not interested in playing just let them go. You, you stop immediately. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, with that, how about we take our last commercial break of the show? This one is going to be from the Atlanta Enterprise, improvised right now by Escher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you need information? Do you have information? Or are you just thirsty? Atalanta Enterprises serves the finest libations in Neotropolis and handles the most sensitive information, both with the same care and discretion. Whether you need a dead drop, the latest intelligence, or a quick reaction force, 
Atalanta Enterprises can meet your needs. Also guaranteeing neutral meeting facilities and security services. Atalanta Enterprises is your premium provider at Neotropolis. Well done. And um, I got to say, sounding a little corporate there. Well, you have to apply to the masses. <laughs> I love it. The corporals are the one with the money, with the credits. So you have to you have to go where the credits are. I love it. All right, let's get into our last story, which is a bit of a hero's journey with an unexpected ending. Even if that hero was a non-fully sentient life form. Take it away, Bastion. Okay, so this is a story about how a weird little game spirals completely out of control. <laughs> no, that never happens. <laughs> and you hear a lot of these stories from Neotropolis as well as Wasteland. The first Neotropolis, this was, that was 2022. Yes, 2022, yep. to do math. Um, it was weird. We didn't know what the event was going to be. We knew it was sci-fi and cyberpunk. We were kind of just all making it up on the fly. So that year I made a module based on uh, being an archaeologist slash smuggler. Uh, my partner, Sugarath, came down as my Android assistant. And she had the idea of being a basically a broken Android. Like she's got a brain the size of a planet, which means she can't get to it at all at the same time. Um, <laughs> so occasionally, you know, you would ask her something and she would just spout back a random fact to you. Or she would say that she was processing and not answer. It was it was a fun shtick. And she came up with this little microLARP. Now, microLARP's a term I heard from this really cool podcast about Wasteland Weekend. Basically, it's not a full role-playing event. LARP is live-action role-playing. This is basically somebody will drop into character, have a quick interaction with you, just, you know, one quick back and forth, and then, you know, you'll go and talk about your days. Um, it's much more accessible if you're not the kind of person who wants to be in character for five Absolutely, days Absolutely, yeah. Or if you're nervous about it or you're still learning and you can get away with stuff that's a lot goofier or simpler than you would if you have to be a fully realized character. So uh, one of the things we had at our module year one was these remote control uh, laser tag robots. And I got it kind of a, as an afterthought for people to play with and you know make comments about how like, don't, don't worry, they can feel pain, but they can't show it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> basically just being nasty smuggler. Um, Sugar Wrath came up with the idea that occasionally she would jump her programming and she would start warning people, stay away from him, stay away from the doctor. He's very dangerous. He tortures robots. And I would then be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's jumped her programming again. Okay. Sugar Wrath, initiate soft reset. And then she would, you know, drop her head for a moment and then pop up with me like, oh, hi, I didn't see you there. Oh, that's such a fun shtick. It was it was very goofy. People did not know how to react to it. Um, which <laughs> I, I loved that kind of awkward moment that comes where people, and then now and then somebody you know would play back into it and be like, "Do you remember the conversation we were having?" Um, but it was it, it was a really fun, easy way to initiate with people. So we are up in Portland area. It's a fifteen hour drive to and from site. So we have a lot of time to think after event. I actually think this is great in some ways because after the events, when you need to debrief the most and come up with what you're going to do next year and get too excited for it. What I had noticed year one is that we were having a lot of fun doing that Android shtick, but that like a lot of the things I had planned, I had planned some quests for people. I had planned a whole persona and stuff. 
But like everything I had was kind of just one way. Like I would do my whole spiel and then there wasn't really room for them to play back. Gotcha. And I wanted to kind of fix that. And on the way back, I was talking with Sugar Wrath about like, you know, that was really cool. The like robot side that you were doing that this, this like Android that's trying to break free. What if we do something more with that? And we made the SLF with the idea that this is an open-ended liberation front. This is something that lets you be a freedom fighter. Now, I want to be very clear, the SLF tries very carefully not to actually co-opt the language of civil rights. That's the last thing we want. This is meant to be fun. This is not meant to make light of serious social issues, but it is meant to give people a way to play a revolutionary um, in a way that's safe and fun, and it can be as serious or as goofy as you want to. We want it to be open. Yeah, kind of like um, the Star Wars Resistance and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the Rebel Alliance, uh, and you know, Cyberpunk yeah. is full of these groups. You know, you see the most recent Blade Runner movie right. had the had the Replicant Revolution. Yeah. So we made the SLF, and while we were talking about ways to get people involved, we were like, okay, so what if we were kind of secret? What if we're behind closed doors? You you don't just walk up and we're like, hey, we're the SLF. Why don't you join us? And we were trying to find ways to come up with a way to hide in plain sight. So what Sugar Wrath comes up with is, hey, what if we like make the name SLF? Like, what if we make that a different name somehow? Like the Safe Library Fund. <laughs> and then that's the same letters, SLF. And then we can talk all about the Safe Library Fund without ever engaging with the SLF directly, but you can know what we're talking about. So that spiraled. As things do. <laughs> By the time we got to the next year at Neotropolis, we had a secret base behind a wall in Outpost 66. In order to find us, we, we had a whole quest line of four different quests all around a AI that was a sentient AI that was being hunted for deletion and it hidden itself on an advertising server. And so the way it was reaching out to ask for help was putting out advertisements that all had products with SLF as their three letters. Oh my God. But because it needs people to ignore these products except the right people, they were all the worst things you can imagine. <laughs> so we had the Salt Lozenge Fellowship. We had a, we had a beer advertisement for a fake beer called Sweaty Little Fiends. Um, <laughs> we ended up producing a ton of ad copy that went all over Neotropolis. They had QR codes that led you to what looked like a real website on Neonav. Neonav's kind of an intranet web site that is run at Neotropolis. It's optimized for phones. It's a fun thing the Wastelink or Wayward Communications runs every year. Yeah, super cool stuff. You you could click corrupted text on that, and then it would take you to the actual SLF website. Oh my God. Um, we made commercials that went on various TVs around there. We made a movie called Surrender Lucky Finn about a three-way between <laughs> a, a robot, a woman, and a dolphin. Um, it was. You can still find that what? video on Metropolis Central, I believe. It's made to look real bad, and it looks real bad. We had movie posters. It, was, it, it got out of control. If you followed <laughs> through- can I just say that I love um, Neo again is a much smaller event compared to Wasteland, but somehow I have missed like all of this. This is all new to me. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Same. <laughs> you, you know, the, the mega block gets covered in advertisements. And that's one thing we were banking on is that we could actually have stuff on every wall, but because they were all different names, it just, you know, 
people just scan over it at first. It wouldn't click. Right. Yeah. And also just to, to also piggyback onto that, because it's really hard to make a tribe at Wasteland. You need a bunch of people. You need a f- big area themed out. At Neotropolis, you're looking to theme out an area that's 10 feet by five feet. So you can have an idea that's much easier to attain, but also you can have an idea that wouldn't work over a 40 foot by 40 foot area. Right. And it works at Neotropolis. Yeah. So in any case, to get me back on track here, mm-hmm. um, if you followed all the clues, you got to our website and it told you, come to find the SLF in Outpost 66. Well, if you go to the spot marked Sentient Liberation Front, it's not there. Instead, there's a coffee machine called the Starpunk's Latte Fabricator with a sign on it that says, AI has gone Marxist. And if you press the buttons, it starts talking about how it won't serve you and it, it's what? here for an end of the human bourgeoisie. Yeah, That's it was great. Shut yes. up. This is so cool. Oh my God. The, the buttons broke after day two, but it was glorious while it was working. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, if you go there and you ask around about us and you say our code phrase, life finds a way, we would take you in on our quests. Oh my God. When I first started doing this, I was like, okay, this is great. I've got all this stuff. And about two weeks out from the event, I'm like, oh no, I just made a bunch of stuff again where I'm going to say a bunch of things and then that's going to be it. There's nowhere to go from there. Hmm. And then people started playing back in ways I didn't expect. So the first group we had play back was Pizza Possum. And they had a quest. (laughs) They looked like a pizza place, a very scummy looking pizza place. And they would make you a delivery person. You carry a pizza box to somebody with wearing their little vest. And some of the pizza boxes had fake pizza and some of them had, you know, secret deliveries. One of the pizza boxes had a children's toy that's a pizza with big, cute anime eyes. And if you press a button, it talks. And they're like, yeah, we have a sentient pizza. Do you guys want to like try and mug our pizza delivery people? Yes. And so I became their number one adversary trying to mugging the various pizza delivery people. And how this works is I essentially walk up and I'm like, hey, I'm going to try and take your pizza. Now here we can do this the hard way and we can play rock, paper, scissors to see who gets to keep it. Or, you know, you can think about what you have in there. You have sentient life in there. It needs to be protected. And then I would try and bribe people or get them involved. And people played back on this. This is great. Some people were like, I'll take a bribe. Or like, oh, I don't want to have the pizza you know, have problems. I, there was a samurai guy who was like, no, honor is everything. It does not matter if it's sentient life. I will work for this. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing in ways I did not expect. We had a planned event that was a fake protest where we went over to our buddies at Seashell Cove and they had had a quest where there were Android parts that were lost over Neotropolis. And so we had had one of those. We kicked them out of their bar for an hour so that we could basically give them a break, but also like, you know, stage a protest, which was a fun thing to do, uh, stomping through the mega block and chanting, Life Finds a Way. That happened, is that Friday? That was Friday. By Friday, probably because of this protest, but also because of other people, sometimes people who had not even read our information, people started showing up being like, hey, I hear this is a place where you can like drop off like an AI that's in trouble. Or hey, I hear you guys are looking for life forms. And 
people just started bringing us things. We had people bring us fake rats. We had people bring us triples. We had people bring <laughs> us discs that contained AIs. We had so many toasters brought to us. Oh my God. We had a guy come who was like, hey, um, I'm new to Neo. Somebody told me about toasters and I brought this broken one, but I didn't know what to do with it. I heard you guys want these? And you know, we, we took that from him. We gave him a, we gave all these people little prizes or presents for bringing us the, these things. And this guy just was like, basically, I was like, yeah, do you want to, do you want something in return for that? He was like, no, just, just take it. This happened like in the middle of Outpost 66 and all the other people in Outpost 66 are like, so do we have a toaster now for the outpost? <laughs> and we basically stone soup decorated the thing. Everybody brought stuff out of their modules. We got some googly eyes on it. We painted it bright colors. We got some lights on it and just made this group craft project, which is totally unexpected. This was amazing because I essentially was like, first year I was like, I made myself, you know, I'm like, I am the hall of presidents. There's nothing to do here. And second year going into it, I'm like, did I just make myself a fancier hall of presidents? <laughs> right. <laughs> but it definitely was not. We had some guys on the last day come to us and these guys did not know about the SLF at all. They had a completely unconnected shtick. They came to us and they're like, hey, we have an a, a being that needs rescuing. We've been told <laughs> that you're somebody who will do that. And we're like, yeah, we'll definitely do that. Tell us more. And they're like, okay, so this being is psychically controlling me. He's making me say these words, but he does not feel safe. He's very frightened and he wants to get, he can't get to his home world, but he wants to go somewhere safe. We're like, okay, we'll, we'll do this. And they, we went through this whole negotiation where they made sure he would be safe. I was like, okay, yes, we can do that. And then they're like, okay, here's the being. This is Egbert. <laughs> and he pulls out of his pocket an egg, a regular, not hard-boiled, fresh egg <laughs> with eyes drawn on it. Oh, my God. With Sharpie. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and we make a big deal of carefully taking Egbert, and we took Egbert back to the, the beautiful green pastures of Oregon where uh, he, he's now living safe. But all this stuff now becomes part of our lore. And what we had was essentially just a small shtick, just this little thing of like, hey, this would be funny if like you were, a, you know, if you like had to soft reset me, that Sugarath comes up with. And it went into this out of control thing where instead of just me playing at people, people were playing back in ways I did not expect. Yeah, they were actually initiating it. Yes. Yeah, we had people coming of their own, like not even knowing necessarily who we were, but just word had got out that there was somebody here looking for these things. And they had their whole own ideas around it. It was absolutely lovely. And I've never had an experience like that in other communities before that like creativity mm. building on creativity. That's so true, right? Be All right. So um, I've never gone to a full-fledged LARP event. I know that they can be very involved. They can be a lot of fun, but um, you know, they can be very complicated. There, you know, Sometimes there's a point system. Sometimes there's entire you know factions that war together for an entire week. And once you're dead, you're dead, that kind of a situation. But I, I love that with both Wasteland and Neotropolis and, and several other events like them, when you are creating these games like these tribe missions at wasteland or i don't even know what they're called at neotropolis do we have a name they're for faction missions faction missions yeah they're so yeah. the yeah they're faction missions and then if it's with the allegiance it's called assignments oh i like that but yeah we're, we we only have to set up the first few dominoes and people can kind of take it from there 
and let it be what they want. And I, I think that's really cool. You're, you're basically just giving people that little nudge to, to go play in the sandbox. Exactly. Go be kids that's, for a little bit. Yeah. That's one thing I actually really appreciated about uh, Neotropolis because at Wasteland, I do more of like, I, I basically call myself an NPC there. You know, I, <laughs> I let newbies or I let things like I, I help run stuff. I don't, I don't partake as much. But at Neo, I really was like, I want to be a part of the lore. I want to LARP. I want to do all the things. And I was a little bit scared to try and like get involved. But at Neo, it just felt easier to kind of get your foot in the door and to really like just join in on anything and everything that was like happening. If if you saw something, there was a way to kind of be like, okay, I get, I get it. And then you were able to go and be a part of it. And Wasteland is kind of changing a bit to make it so that feels very similar. But at Neo, it was just amazing how in two years, it was just like everyone just got it and everyone could play along. I think that's actually one of the things that really helps is the two years is the fact that everything is so new. Nobody really knows what is supposed to be going on. They don't have a lot of things really set too much in stone. And so yeah. you're taking a lot of creative people, you're cramming them into a very small place and you're saying, okay, everybody go play. And there are not a whole lot of hard and fast rules other than going back to Bastion's one of my consent, obviously. But at more established events, the lore kind of gets set and it can be hard to find your, find out how to introduce yourself into it. There isn't a whole lot of lore yet established at Neo, so almost anything goes. They went ahead and did the alliances to provide some framework so at least there was not complete chaos. There was some direction <laughs> for things to go in. But the fact that it was so new, I think, really gave people a lot of freedom to just do whatever, you know, to do something as crazy as, hey, let's go take an egg to the, the, the sentient liberation front and see what happens. I don't know if they had intended that, you know, like, yeah. I think they probably just did that, like, once they heard it was a yep, thing. Exactly. But, um, you, you know, the thing is, too, like, it's a five-day event, right? Yes. Well, you know, four days and change, right? But, you know, what you show up to the event as can be completely different than what you leave as. We were talking yep. about Mayor Mears, um, which was his change this year. He was Mr. Mears last year. He did not intend to do that character. He put on the accent partway through day one and just continued to run with it. <laughs> yep. Do you and know the reason why he did that though? <laughs> I don't know why he had the accent. No. He ended up doing that accent because he, I believe was another character before Mears. And that poor man, he, when he LARPs, he LARPs hard. He ended up, I guess, in his first character, getting caught by the Sentinels and actually getting banned from the Mega Block, like in, in lore-wise. <laughs> and then there's also another group, Kaiju Club. I think he also ended up getting kicked out of there. <laughs> he wasn't allowed in the outpost. And uh, that's when Mr. Mears became a thing. <laughs> because he was like, I'm not the same guy. Look, I'm a totally different person. I have a new coat. <laughs> and then he became a robot. Oh, that's right. Because he got the jacket. He had this jacket covered in mirrors and they were all falling off throughout the event. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the uh, phrase beep boop, I'm a robot comes from, right? <laughs> beep boop, I'm a robot. <laughs> <laughs> beep boop, I'm a robot. I'm Mr. Mears. <laughs> yeah. And, and to kind of play on what you guys were talking about at at Wasteland, the lore is pretty tight, right? Because it's supposed to be the world of Mad Max. There's a lot of overlap with Fallout and several other iconic stories. 
but it all kind of has to still fit in that world of Mad Max, which is kind of this um, non- No zombies, no clones. Science nonfiction in a way. So yeah, we kind of play with this this apocalyptic world where maybe a bomb dropped, maybe the environment went bad. Either way, it's a really harsh environment, similar to Mad Max, but that's it. And we're all human. Yeah, no clones, no robots, no lasers, no aliens. But yeah, Neotropolis, just because it's cyberpunk and it's sci-fi and it's on a distant crossroads planet, people can come from all sorts of different backgrounds. And that all plays together pretty nicely in that like urban, it's New York, it's, it's Tokyo. It's where so many people come from so many different places and you have all this culture intersecting and having to figure out how it works together. I think that's a big part of it. I think there's another part that I, I don't want to overlook and that's that. And it, and Bastian made a comment to this early, made a comment about this earlier where uh, the fact that it, that the factions are so much smaller in size and in people at Neotropolis. One of the things at Wasteland is the lore. It changes who the actual groups are, but the lore has been driven by a relatively small number of fairly well-established, fairly good sized tribes. They have the resources to, establish the lore and to carry it out. And so trying to penetrate that can be challenging. Whereas at Neotropolis, every faction is a very small number of people. And again, there's no history that you have to break into. Neotropolis, in a lot of ways, lore-wise, socially-wise, culturally-wise, is a lot more egalitarian. And Mm -hmm, it makes it that much easier for somebody to show up and just jump in and start to play. It's also because the spaces are so much smaller, too. Mm -hmm. What makes... What makes an event at Neotropolis is smaller. You know, at Wasteland, yes. if you want a, an army to show up, you need to get like 20 people because it's a 20-foot <laughs> right. wide street. Yeah. yeah. 10 people disappear in the crowd. 10 people in a in, in, yeah. in Neotropolis is going to completely overtake a faction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, you're absolutely right, Bastion. That's a really good point. And yeah, also, um, you know, we've had people come into Wasteland in the later years um, that show up and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm the grand poobah of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the established tribes can kind of be like, well, well, no, 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 you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've, we have this game we've been playing for 10 years. Um, and yes, it is a hundred percent accessible, but try to play with these guidelines a little bit. And yeah, you know, I don't want to put anyone off from trying to play at Wasteland because there's a lot of playing to be done. You'd be hard pressed to come in and like try to dominate someone else's lore that so many tribes are adhering to. I think that's kind of yeah. They've, inv- they've invested in it, and like like I say, the 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 tribes today are not the same tribes as they were five or six years ago. But they have an investment in continuing the story that they've been building. Whereas because Neo was new, there is no continuation. It's pretty much let's let let's all build this together and kind of start from scratch. So yeah. you know, will, will that change over time? It might. I don't foresee it becoming as much ingrained as what we see in Wasteland, again, just because it's very unlikely that there's going to be a very famous guiding faction. Because all the factions are so small, it really requires, again, much much more an egalitarian cooperation. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think they've... From the ground up to, they've tried to take some steps too to make it a little more open. I think the Sentinels Mm -hmm. are actually a really good tool for that. So first off, Please be nice to the Sentinels. They're people like us. They're just there. And they, they they sign up for a volunteer shift and they get to wear cool armor 
and they get a handout little tickets to you if they see you doing some crime that they make up on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, I got arrested but- twice this year by the Sentinels. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This year, you could go to the Sentinel station and you could book the Sentinels to come show up at your faction and cause problems. Oh, I yes. love that. Yes. And I think this idea that like, you know, we are, you know, th- th- there are like war boys and there are the um, the elite guard at Wasteland Weekend, but they're kind of just, you know, window dressing in some mm-hmm. ways. I mean, the war boys are a tribe. That's a separate thing. But, you know, the elite guard and stuff, they're there to look cool and they're there to add to the atmosphere. But like, they don't go down and play and you can't like, you know, book a bunch of them to show up. You know, right. they're not going to go hassle you or arrest you completely consensually. And I think establishing this kind of bad guy that's a neutral bad guy gives everybody something to play around so that nobody can have too much power because the Sentinels are already set up as the biggest game in town. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's so fun. And again, I I said this last time we talked about Neotropolis on the show. Every time the Sentinels showed up, there was an air around them. There was this tension that popped Mm -hmm. up and they also just looked absolutely amazing no matter what. The other thing that makes it easier for the Sentinels, it's kind of hard to do it's kind of hard to do at Wasteland because at Wasteland you pretty much largely are what you are and you have what you have and that's it. Whereas the Sentinels, it was very much understood that yes, there may be five Sentinels here, but they are backed by the entire technology of the planetary force and the corporations who have a vested interest in maintaining a certain level of structure and control on this planet. And if you mess with the Sentinels, you're not messing with the five of these armored armored and well-armed soldiers. You also have to realize that there are orbital defense stations that can pinpoint target you and blast you from five miles away. I didn't know and about so, that. Yeah. Yeah. There are security stations <laughs> in orbit that basically provide the balance of the muscles for the Sentinels. So it's really is, you know, yeah, you may be able to get 10 of your friends to take out these five bodies you see in front of you. That's not your problem. The problem is that there's an entire corporation's worth of firepower just out of sight here that is going to incinerate you before you can take three steps. So what that does is that means that the Sentinels don't have to worry about being outmuzzled. Oh, I like that. It's in the lore and in the care in, in the character of Neotropolis that you can annoy the Sentinels a little bit, but you really can't win. It's in the lore that you have to <laughs> accede to them. And that's fine because that, that, that's how it should be. We, 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 there should be an overbearing, authoritarian presence on this world that all the rest of us skirt around. We don't, we don't overthrow it. You know, that's, that's why Adam ended up in case and carbonite. He lost. <laughs> okay. Ad, Adam, Adam uh, was, was one of the organizers of Neotropolis. He's retiring. And so his way out to retire was he was the leader of the non-existent resistance that Bastion so carefully <laughs> skirted around. He got caught. So the resistance got severely Tampered. It maybe didn't get eliminated, but their leader got encased in carbonite. And if you went into the Kaiju nightclub, you would see a big carbonite block with Adam's likeness in it. And so that, again, you know, the resistance cannot win. The resistance can continue to annoy the establishment. The resistance cannot win. They just simply do not have the firepower. Oh, I love it. You yeah. know, one of the other groups we actually haven't talked um much about, but it kind of also plays into just, I love the layers that these different um, uh, factions and stuff create, but there's also the fringers of mm-hmm. uh, Neotropolis, which is kind of build crews faction. Yes. But um, 
in lore, the one thing I love is that like you don't you don't mess with the fringers because they're they're the group that keeps the air that you yes. breathe getting <laughs> yeah. pumped into yeah. Mega Block. They're the ones who, you know, make sure the shields that keep the asteroids, you know, from, yeah. from coming onto the planet, you know? And the radiation, yeah. You you yes. mess with the fringers and you die. Exactly. <laughs> and I I just love that even though like there's this power here, there's this power here, it's like everyone kinda kinda has their own mm-hmm. little stake, you know, to yes. hey, don't don't mess with us, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> but it's but it's all balanced. That's the key yes. is that it's all it's balanced. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. They put a lot of thought into it when they when they put it together. It's a lot more espionage and sneaky. Yes. You know, it's it's not pe- people are not pulling guns on each other in the streets and having big fights because yeah. like you can't attract too much attention, which is great for this event, especially where people are like wearing helmets and not able to see well. We don't want people running around and crashing into each other too much because that that's just gonna go bad real quick. Yeah. And, and you know, wasteland. It's lovely when you have a big gunfight at Wasteland. You can go out and watch a bunch of people line up and rock, paper, scissors each other. You know, people driving their cars and shouting to each other. It's it's a fun experience, but it wouldn't fit in the cyberpunk sci-fi world as well. Yeah, it's not how business is done in that in, yeah. in that environment. The way, as you said, the way business is done is around the edges. It's fantastic because it all kind of comes back to every sci-fi or cyberpunk movie. The heroes mm-hmm. are not a big group, you know, it's always someone trying to outdo somebody with, you know, with the yeah. matrix, it's a resistance with, yeah, um, exactly. with so many things that, you know, th- there's like this over controlling, um, either corporation or government that, that has everyone controlled. And it's all about trying to break that structure, uh, and return things to some sort of like free normal, I guess. Yeah. Well, guys, um, this has been so fun. We're about out of time, but, uh, does anyone have any last thoughts on Neotropolis? I'm looking forward to next year. (laughs) Yeah, you you should definitely come. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know everyone's got something. (laughs) Everyone's like, you love it, just go. Yeah, Yeah. Aaliyah, ladies first. I have absolutely fallen in love with Neotropolis. My brain very much understood how to do Wasteland. Like it understood the post-apocalyptic thing. And going into Neo year one, I was a little bit scared. I I was like, I don't, I don't cyberpunk, you know? And (laughs) Immediately after being there, it was just like, this is amazing. You know, it is a complete world that is just brought to life in just a a matter of a few days. And I recommend it to basically everyone I know. And um, I I love the event. (laughs) Fantastic. Bastion, you're up. You should go. If you're planning, if you're thinking about it, if you're like, "Ah, I don't know if I'm going to make it, you should go because you're not going to know what it's going to be until you're there. And your whole plan could be entirely different by day two. It's it's like a identity crisis in a good way, if that's a thing. I like that. Yeah, Asher. One of the things that's really appealing about Neotropolis is because of the genre and just the way they set it up and the crowd that it attracted and it attracted and is attracting. It's a very open, accepting community. One of the nice things about Wasteland is that it, 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 it's very accepting of, of, of a lot of different cultures and lifestyles and everything. Neo is 10 times more. I mean, Neo is the place to go to be yourself and to experience just a an event. It is more night-based than Wasteland, if you're familiar with Wasteland. Uh, most of the things happen at night, but, there's all, but they're, they're increasing what they're doing in the day. Come and play and just... 
know, be yourself or be whoever you want to be. It's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful experience. You guys absolutely nailed it. Um, so if you out there want to come join us, play with us at Neotropolis uh, next year, you can find out more information at neotropolis.com. There's also Neotropolis Central on Facebook. You can join up and that's where a lot of people are sharing their ideas and their excitement and their builds. Also, if you have a great funny or amazing Neotropolis story, and you want to come on the show and tell your tale, please reach out to me at the APOC post, T-H-E-A-P-O-C-P-O-S-T at gmail.com. And I want to hear your story and see if we can't uh, make an episode about it. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'd love to come back. I still have more stories. (laughs) I know. That's the toughest thing. That's the toughest thing is like whittling them down. And then when we talk about them, it's like, oh, there's so many more. But yeah, you guys crushed it today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. All right. For you guys listening in, thank you so much for checking out another episode of the Apocalypse Post. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you share it with your space friends. And if you hated today's space episode, send it to your space enemies along with a sentient pizza that might just start a revolution. And I'll see you next time, survivors. Stay alive. Hey, Survivors, Makeshift here to remind you that the Apocalypse Post is brought to you in no small way by our Patreon supporters. Join the ranks for early access and exclusive content with support levels now named for fancy Fallout-ridden factions like the $2 per creation Drifter or the $7 Wastelander. Knowing you've got my back has helped me dedicate more time to this channel, spreading love of the post-apocalypse, and less time on stupid real-world stuff. Sign up right now at patreon.com slash theapocalypsepost.